here. Oh, great God. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 75 of Those Muckrakers. I'm Pete. And I'm Pat. And I, I, I part of me really feels like you're fucking with me, like it's a... Uh, TV show and you're like louder Pete you gotta speak louder they're not gonna be able to hear you so the whole podcast I'm just screaming into the microphone like an idiot no no you can go um, quieter after like the first five seconds but like I overlap music on top of your words at the beginning gotcha fucking overlap I was just trying to say that you should speak up right there at the beginning because we finally got to play the death metal track for our 75th episode spectacular and that's all we're doing for episode 75 Y'all gotta tune in for episode 100 if you want to see us or hear us do anything better than that. Alright, well, uh, I'm coming to you from sunny North Carolina right now. I'm on vacation, so if everything sounds a little bit weird, it's because I'm in a cavernous bedroom right now that's not my own. He's in the the deep, dirty south now, so everything's a a bit more under-sophisticated where he's from. Well, it's interesting when you get out of New York, you go, oh my god, there's space. Like, it's weird being able to walk walk into a store and there's not just like six people up your ass all the time. And everybody's, and I know this is like a southern thing, but I'd forgotten, like, everybody's like super friendly. Yeah, I mean, it depends on where you go to and if you're white, but yeah, yeah, people are... (laughs) People are very friendly down here if show, you're white. Show is friendly if you're a white, man. No, just everybody's just general. Everyone's, I guess, I guess they got space and time to have a conversation with you. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They're not uh, rush, rush, rush like they are in, uh, in fancy pants New York well, it's, City. It's not that everybody's in a rush. It's just uh, everybody's... There's too many of them. It, the population density is such that like you have to act in a specific way and like you don't have time at a coffee shop to to like like today I went to a this cute little coffee shop and like there was one car in front of me um right. and uh I'm just sitting there with my window down just waiting and I hear like hey don't mean to make you break your neck and I turn around they had come out with like the order thing to take my order while the one car was in front of me <laughs> like god huh? damn that was just it was just a level of just like yeah usually I'm like five cars deep and I'm like fuck they came out to take your order so you didn't have to wait till you got to the window yeah like how fucking just cutesy southern is that like and then uh when i got up there i ordered a, a breakfast pizza panini it was delicious and they were like they started they i put my order and they're like oh hey do you want that supreme and i was like what is supreme and it's it's got this and that on it we just wanted to ask you because we just about started it without asking you and i'm like god <laughs> damn it's like i'm in fucking mayberry right now yeah, basically you are. Yeah, yeah, you're uh, right, right smack dab in the middle of you ain't from around these parts, are you, boy? Well, May- Country, Mayberry but... was in, I believe Mayberry was in North Carolina because they always went to Raleigh, and I'm right near Raleigh, North Carolina, so. Oh, nice. Right, how how far are you from uh, Little House on the Prairie? I think that was out on the prairie, so I'm going to assume about 900 to 1,000 miles away. So way out west. Way out west of Dixie. Yeah, so, I don't know, man, it's just, it's weird. The pace of life is different. I'm like, yeah, why have I accepted the screaming shit show that is New York for the last six years? I was just curious how far you were from the typhus in the water. Um, well, uh, yeah, because there was that episode we watched when we were younger of Little House on the Prairie where, like, they told Michael Landon that, like, so-and-so's got the typhus, so he went and got his gun and ran out the door, and we're like, he doesn't know what typhus is, does he? 
Uh, he's gonna shoot the typhus. It's wonderful. So still speaking of speaking of typhus, uh, I got some I got some some great news for you. Uh, some school news, which I would love to turn into a regular segment if we could ever remember the segments from previous episodes. Okay, sure. Uh, Florida, and this comes from Florida. I like to assume Florida this, man. I like to assume this is Florida man. A Florida principal told a parent he can't say the Holocaust is factual historical event. Really? You do know that legally the fucking exorcist is a historical event, right? Like people, it's okay for people to legally say that the fucking exorcist is a historical event. That the Amityville horror is a historical event legally, right? The um, what's that? Uh, Annabelle, the possessed doll. Yeah. That thing is a historical. That is a historical figure. <laughs> Legally, and they can't say the Holocaust is real. Well, the principal of a Florida high school allegedly refused to say the Holocaust actually happened because, quote, not everyone believes the historical event in which more than six million people were murdered. Uh, William Latson, principal of Spanish River High School in Boca Raton, which is weird because there's a lot of old Jewish people in Boca Raton. Uh, he told a student's mother via email that he was not allowed to say whether the Holocaust occurred because of his employment. With the school district of Palm Beach County. Okay. First um, of all, I would tell that person, is like, well, you know, not everyone believes that uh, you gave me those instructions, so I'm just, I don't know what to do now. Not everyone believes that you just said that to me, so, well, you know, I guess I'll go keep saying that it's true. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go on and say that I don't think that the school district of Palm Beach County. Uh, probably told him that. This guy seems like an idiot. He even goes on to say, I can't say the Holocaust is a factual historical event because I am not in a position to do so as a school district employee, he wrote in an email. Not everyone believes the Holocaust happened and you have your thoughts, but we are a public school and not all our parents have the same beliefs so they will react differently. My thoughts or beliefs have nothing to do with this because I am a public servant. I have a role to be politically neutral but support all groups in the school. Uh, like, I don't God think damn. whether or not the Holocaust existed should be uh, one side of the political fence or the other. Yeah, I, this guy, this guy seems like a, uh, like he. I, I almost can guarantee this isn't a school district thing. This is this dude swinging in the wind, going, "Oh, I'm, I'm neutral. The school district says I can't say." Um, he does say, "I do allow information about the Holocaust to be presented and allow students and parents to make decisions about it accordingly." He says he does the same with. Quote, information about slavery. Yeah, if I, if, I, if I were a student in his classroom, I'd be like, well, you know, I don't uh, I, I don't think that I should do homework, so what I'm going to do is present to you the facts that uh, I'm not doing homework for your class anymore, and, and we can each make up our own decision what my grade is. I say A+. So do you think that this is like political correctness run amok? No, no, it sounds like definitely like a political agenda. Like the person who actually has the agenda is telling people to be neutral, but the neutral stance is a political stance. The uh, non-political stance is believing that slavery existed and the Holocaust existed. Well, he says he allows the stuff to be introduced but not forced upon individuals as we all have the same rights but not the same beliefs. Okay. I would come to oh you know what I would do as a student actually is I'd come to school dressed as a pirate because those are God's uh, chosen people. If you don't believe me, Peter, ask yourself this: Where do we have the least amount of global warming occurring? In Somalia, what do they have there? Pirates. Ergo, pirates are God's chosen people. All hell the flying spaghetti monster. Well, the 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 issue with this bullshit is. 
Uh, it can't be forced on kids. Well, I sure as fuck had algebra and, like, calculus forced on me um, yeah. because it exists whether you believe in it or not. And it's not a... Yeah, that's... Uh, I, the reason I, I ask and I say is this political correctness run amok it is because I think people that don't understand politically politically correct stuff are also the kind of idiots who go, well, I'm going to take a neutral stance on the Holocaust. No, that's not... This is a factual event that happened... Uh, what I do as a teacher with every event is uh, I present the facts and I present specific uh, firsthand accounts of events and then I make the students not dispute whether the thing happened or not but talk about the what and the why you know what I mean I you bring up some good points there Pete Yar. Uh <laughs> but yeah it's just like what a fucking idiot and then be like oh, the school district told me I have to be neutral I feel like the school district was probably like, hey, we have to be neutral on, like, religion or something like that. And he's like, I'm going to be neutral on the Holocaust. Well, let's just be neutral on everything. Like, um, one plus one equals two. But, you know, some people dispute that. Maybe it's five. Maybe it equals banana. Who knows? Who can really say? So they're already calling for his resignation, which, God, absolutely. What a fucking yeah. dumbass. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would say give him a warning, but if that's where his brain like drifts over to then maybe we should uh, just go ahead and uh, remove that brain from uh, infesting others like it uh you know our teach we teach a lot like you know a big part of american history is, is slavery and like uh there are some issues that i i might teach you know uh and you can't see me doing air quotes but like there are some issues i might teach both sides uh but there are some things i don't think there i think there might be two sides but i don't think one side is worth considering uh, so the the well, how do the Nazis feel? Well, their side really isn't worth considering, except for like the reasoning behind they did what they did. But it's not a valid reason for doing it. The same with slavery. Right. So, so we're not gonna sit around and like debate Nazi ideology and say, well, Pete, you know, uh, blue eyes and blonde hair is just prettier according to them. So maybe we should discuss if that's true. Timmy, yeah. would you like to tell me your stance on this? Uh, I'm five. Okay, Timmy. <laughs> I want him to understand the like with slavery. I want him to understand that it was uh, it was about money, and then I always I also challenge him too on like uh, you know we talk about cell phones and the way those are made and stuff, which are basically you know all our electronics are made by slaves in other countries. And I go, if you know about the conditions that like your phones and stuff are made of, why do you continue to buy them? Because wow. it's it's cheaper and like that's it's just it's it's easy. It's the same thing with uh. It, yeah. It's the it's the culture, right? Like yeah. you don't see the pain that went into making them, and if you throw unlimited human suffering at something, you'd be surprised at what, what you can do. Done. Exactly. Yeah, you, you've said that so many times, and we were just talking about um, Jeff Bezos's fortunes. Do you know how much human suffering went behind his? What is he worth? Forty billion? Forty-five he's, billion dollars? He's no, no, no. He's worth. I want to say because I just watched um, John Oliver uh, John Oliver's last week tonight on yeah. uh, the Amazon factories. And uh, I think he's worth eleven point three billion. No, no, no. That's what he made last year. Oh, how much is he worth total? Right. Well, I don't know. Eleven billion is what he made in one year, though. And oh, by the way, that eleven billion he paid zero in taxes on. Oh, that. I'm sorry. Jeff Bezos right now is worth one hundred and fifty-nine point five billion dollars. And yeah, I, there we go. I, that's such an astronomical amount of money that I can't even like think about like <laughs> what the fuck that would be like to have that money yeah i mean first of all think about that money in terms of m&ms right how long would it take you to eat a hundred 
billion M&Ms. If I told you I'd pay you a million dollars to eat a hundred billion M&Ms, if the M&Ms are free, of course, because that would be fucked up if you had to pay for them, how long would it be before your payday? I don't think you would be able to do it before you died. I mean, just in your lifespan. No, there's no fucking way. Yeah. So he has more money than he could ever spend. Uh, but yeah, it's people... So yeah, with, with slavery, with like uh, the Holocaust and all that, like there's not like two equally valid sides. And it doesn't matter if somebody... If, it doesn't matter at home if somebody's fucking home beliefs or they're a Holocaust denier. Fucking, I don't give a shit. Like, we're going to teach the facts in school... And that's, yeah, that's where it's... And also, this fucking idiot, this dude's not going to have a job in Boca Raton. Like I said, all the old Jewish people move down there when they get tired of New York. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When, when they when they finally get tired of having six people up their ass when they go into the grocery store. And they, they just want to wait in line and have people come out and politely grant their order early. It's very, it's very nice. So speaking of uh, fortunes... Uh, Today's Dear Abby is Matriarch uses inheritance to keep her family in line. Ooh, I like this. I like the sound of that. For the last 12 years, Pat, we have been traveling seven and a half hours to see my husband's grandparents. Already right there, if my grandparents live more than seven and a half hours away, the only way I'm coming down to see them is when they die. My, my Yeah, my brain like auto-corrected what you said to... Um seven and a half miles so i'm thinking oh, okay so right down the road oh he said hours yeah that's how often have they done that several times a year and then she goes each time no, each no, time that's too far each time Kel I, <laughs> kelly lives four hours away and i see him like every third year each time i pray it will be the last visit fuck that <laughs> Sorry. Wait, every time he goes, he prays they'll be dead, and he doesn't have to go again. So let me let me go and say I love I love my grandparents, but god damn, invariably when we return home, I am sick for about a week, and it's getting worse. At sick for a week? Yeah. Oh, so like I guess they just have like old people. Wait, do old people have germs? No, they're very clean because if they have germs, then they all die. Well, at ninety six, grandma isn't clean in the house. Grandpa died four years ago. She lives on her own in the country. Grandma has fallen, can't cook for herself, and still drives. The closest family member lives seven She can't cook for herself, but she still drives. <laughs> I guess to go get food. We, we gotta get to the country kitchen buffet. <laughs> thump, thump, thump. Was that a speed bump? <laughs> oh, I think so. Okay, thank you, voice of my dead husband. Let's just keep driving. So Grandma has always been a manipulator, and I'm tired of how she treats her family. She uses the financial inheritance for leverage. My family has things planned out in advance about what to do when someone has reached a certain age. I'm tired of... <laughs> Kill them. <laughs> Just stop visiting her till she dies. Old people die really quickly when no one comes to see them. Like, the loneliness... That's true. Yeah, loneliness kills them very quickly. Like that That's a huge thing that people don't realize with um, nursing homes, just the death rate of, from boredom. Boredom is a serious, like, serious affliction that will fucking kill a human, and especially the elderly. It is brutal. It is really, that's, really bad. That's why if I get to, like, 96 and they're going to put me in a home, I think I'm just going to disappear, like, in, a, I, a, as a homeless person and just do heroin on the street, you know? I don't know about like the rest of the story, but that is something that I know of happening because I know people who work at nursing homes and they're always telling me about patients that just get tired of being there. So they walk out the door and no one ever sees them again. Yeah, it's, it's not a prison. You can leave. Right. If you're an old person, you can just walk out unless you're like there's something mentally wrong with you, um, right. in which case they will stop you because you're not leaving on purpose at that point. But if you're mentally sound, you can go out the door anytime you want. 
at and the people very, have done that, and no one's ever seen them again. At the very least, at 96, I'm going to go off into the woods and like have a little cabin or a little shed prepared. I'm just going to just live out there in nature, you know, or become a homeless person on the streets of New York doing heroin, because that seems way more fun than a nursing home, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not whenever it gets super cold. But by the time you're 96, global warming would have it be, being like the tropics in New York. In the exactly. Uh, so I'm tired of subjecting myself to this, let alone facing Grandma's wrath. The rest of the family accepts it for what it is. They don't want to upset. Like? Well, I, I don't know. I guess they don't want to upset her, so they give in and accommodate. Do I have the right to back out? Uh, yours truly wants to run away. Wanna, wanna? I can't even talk. Wants to run away. Uh, just uh, stop. Just stop seeing this bitch. She'll die within a year. I guarantee it. And hey, Mr. Away, how does she use her money? How much money? How is she using it to manipulate people? Is she saying, I'll give you $100 if you visit us? Is she I think saying, it's... none of you are getting inheritance unless you see me? I think it's like an inheritance thing. Uh, you know, that I'll write you out of the will, and I'm just like, I don't care enough about money to have to go deal with old person smell seven and a half hours away several yeah, times like, a year. How... Like how much money is her death worth? Like tops a hundred thousand? I would gladly pay a hundred thousand dollars tonight. I don't care that. if my grandma was Jeff Bezos so. and he's like, I'm not gonna give you my hundred and fifty nine billion if you don't. Well, I don't know. Maybe for hundred nine fifty. I was about to say no. I don't know. I would. I would put up with that. <laughs> maybe the, for everyone has a price at a certain point. I'm like, yeah. Well, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe. old folks smell isn't that bad. I'd put on like one of those um, masks you see people wearing in asia i just make a game out of it i guess and i would just go down there and then just like i don't know drink a whole lot of liquor before i walked in so i'm like hey this isn't so bad oh yeah the um so one of those hong kong gas masks plus uh like maybe half a bottle of jack daniels and like, <laughs> hey grandpa bezos where's my money i mean grandpa give me some money yeah oh uh, i said that right oh i want to buy for, a new yacht and drive it into the statue of liberty again but for anything less than a jeff bezos fortune i think i'd be like yeah you can keep your money i'm not driving seven and a half hours to see your dumb ass uh if it's a jeff bezos fortune i'd be like send me the fucking jet i'm not driving that far we'd be there in like an hour pick me up in your space rocket bezos grandma bezos <laughs> <laughs> fuck this yeah that just yep. I don't know, man, because none of my grandparents really have anything in the way of inheritance, so I don't stand to gain anything by seeing them, um, which maybe is why I don't see them as often as I should. Mine are all dead, so... And left you nothing. And they, they left us, uh, they left the entire family a lot of debt by the time they went away. I do worry, however, uh, you know, about my grandparents passing away, because I think in every family, there's one family member. You know, everyone else is going to do the thing where, like, we all you know split the inheritance right like just you know because no one's a no one's crazy but there's always one crazy family member that's like hey i'll tell y'all what uh why don't y'all let me live in the house and then i'll pay y'all rent and then it just goes down you know what i mean like yeah, they're yeah. fucking they're like in there while they're taking grandma out on a gurney like just like throw fucking stashing jewelry in their pants like there's always yeah, one family uh, member like that you're like god damn have some class back when i was uh 19 I, uh, I moved from my parents' house into my grandmother's house because she had just been put in a home. So I was almost the type of person who was like, how about, how about I just stay there and pay rent? And I lived at grandma's house, and I went to um, uh, buy a load of work. So that was uh, pretty nifty for about six months. And then I was like, this is just like weird and lonely and creepy. And so I quit the job and opened a shop in Reedsville, and I lived in the shop for a year. That was <laughs> I was going to say, well, why do you think your grandma went into a home? Because she was like, this is weird and creepy and lonely. 
Yeah, yeah. Cause, so I used to stay at my grandmother's all the time when I was, like, really young. And then I became a teenager and just stopped visiting entirely. Because I kept thinking, oh, I'll do it later. It's grandma. She's weird. And um, then, you know, by the time I was, like, 16 or 17, she had just completely lost her mind. Because that was the last person that really came to visit her a lot. I mean, Mar stopped by, but Mar would drive people crazier than just being alone. Well, my big thing with um, going to my grandparents when I was a kid was, like, it wasn't kid-friendly, and also I never really had a lot in common with my grandparents. I never had anything in common with Grandma. I, think uh, I don't think a single thing. Like, I could tell her about stuff, and she would get offended because it wasn't Jesus. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's what made me sad is I hear people, you know, like, you know, I like to t I talk to my, you know, me and my grandfather talk philosophy and this, that, and the other, like, I, I wish. Yeah, I came up. From... I, I always get so jealous when I see like um, really good uh, dads, like um, Al Bundy. I consider a really good dad, you know, comparatively. And I'm like, ah, oh, I could have had a father figure, and we could have talked and did stuff, and that would have been fun. It's weird when you grow up as a. I don't want to say a pariah, but like you grew up as kind of a man at a time, and your family loves farming and Jesus, and you're like, but what about books and Nintendo? And they're like, <laughs> what? <laughs> It's more advanced than a papyrus. I'm not interested. Yeah, it's just I don't know. Yeah, I felt we and and we also both grew up in the South, so it was even weirder because we were just kind of like out of time with out of sync with both our parents and the general surroundings. You know. Yeah, it's like we were um, New Yorkers born to a Jewish family and then sent to the Deep South, and yeah. we're like, what? What's just going on here, Father? Oh, well, I like I like <laughs> to imagine that somewhere there's like two dudes that are just straight up Southern rednecks born into like. Uh, really like a uh, uh, brainy like you know a family of like writers you know or like a family of like um, philosophers and they're like well dad you know I'm just I'm really into hunting now and, and, and uh, camo and he's like uh, do what you, you don't uh, son are you son, son have you been published in any journals yet and he's like no dad <laughs> but I do I do read Paul, uh, I don't un I don't understand all of this book learning okay I just want to go shoot a squirrel. <laughs> uh, Son, you need to sit down and attend to your studies. Grandson, what have you been reading? Uh, well, uh, I, I read a, I read a boar hunt. You know, um, just like there's got to be a weird, like just universal. Most of, out of... Book, most of my books have the word illustrated in the title. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, why couldn't why, you know, like why couldn't we have been born into like great literary families? You know, like a, a grandfather who's like a William Faulkner who's just like. You know, uh, the the man's mark on the world is the 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 books and the the literacy he leaves behind. Like, instead of just like, well, I know when Jesus comes to take me, I'm gonna leave y'all a little piece of the farm. <laughs> like, yeah. How the fuck did that happen? Where did we? Were we switched at birth? That's what I think happened. That's what I was suggesting. We were we were born to proper parents in um, New York City, and then we ended up down here somehow. I think I got all my stuff from my one grandpa who was like a big literary mind, but then I even got fucked out of that because when I was five, he had a debilitating stroke uh, and lost, like, he used to speak like three languages. He lost that. Like, he was still, like, around, but, like, he was, his, his uh, you know, um, what do you call it? His in intellect was greatly diminished, you know, from the stroke. So, like, you know, he couldn't be like, all right, uh, St. Augustine, go! And then, like, you know, have a debate with me. He was, you know, like, more subdued by that point. I was like, God fucking damn it. 
Uh, he was like, Peter, sit down, and we shall have a great literary discussion of the Divine Comedy. Twixt gladness and amaze, and sooth no will had I to... Oh, my stroke is kicking in! Peter, get me peaches! I'm drooling! Yeah, oh, like... Grandpa! Like, before I could get to the point where, like, I'd be like, Well, Grandfather, you know, I, I do believe that, uh... Even though Iago had clear motivations in Othello, he was actually in love with Othello. And then my grandfather would be like, Oh, pish posh, his, his motivations were thricely laid out in Act 3. You can't possibly <laughs> believe there was an underlying, you know, like, just... I never got to have those conversations, like... And my dear sweet mom, like, I'll talk to her, but she'll be like, Well, you know, that's kind of something your grandpa would talk about. And I'm like, fucking Christ... Yeah. This is why I don't want to have kids. I'm afraid that I'll have a kid. You know how, like, jocks are really afraid that their kid will come out gay and a thespian? You're really afraid your kid will come out jock. Yeah, I'm afraid my kid will come out and be like, Are you ready for some football? And I'll be like, Out of my house, I have no son. (laughs) I have no son! You know, Uh, they'll be like, Hey, hey, Pete, (laughs) your son's a star quarterback. You know, he's going to state. He might actually make you the NFL. How do you feel? I have no son. <laughs> why, why can't we all just be Wesley with Wesley's parents so it's all one big happy family? That way we, we could be like, oh, did you hear about the thespians, Iago? And Dad would be all like, eh, th- you mean lesbians? Yeah, hell yeah, like lesbians. Why are you talking about Gilbert Gottfried for? And then his mom's like, I heard that girl up there at... The Freds is a lesbian. <laughs> oh, ha, lesbian pinchy. Oh. <laughs> yeah, man, just a fucking man out of time. Like, and now I get made fun of because uh, I, I, you know, at work I'm called the man who has a story for everything. Well, you do, Mister Tobacco Wasps. Yeah, that was like that, that. That's such a Peter story that I'm surprised it hasn't happened already. Yeah, so the story was uh, down here in North Carolina. I was taking a walk through a uh, tobacco field and uh, got swarmed by wasps and got stung. And lucky for me, I know an old country trick where you take a fucking wad of tobacco and put it on the sting and it like uh, neutralizes the, the, the wasp venom. Yes, which actually brought up a separate story of a vacation Bible school where a oh, bunch God, of kids were yeah. stung by wasps. Yeah, the reason and I, the I reason... found that so horrifying, not because kids are getting stung by wasps, but because that's where you learned about the chewing tobacco. And I'm like, oh God, was someone like chewing tobacco and just spitting tobacco on the kids' stings and no one noticed? Well, it's like, ah, oh, that's so gross. Well, when, yeah, when I was a kid and we were at like vacation Bible school, somebody knocked over a brick and like the wasps just flew out and stung the shit out of all the kids and we were all like ah! it's just like stung all over <laughs> the place war zone this, ah, ah, bury my shell it wounded me this old this old uh, redneck like took a wad of tobacco and like pressed it on the stings and it takes that so my old redneck came back to me when i'm walking through the fields and i'm like i've been stung better take this water tobacco and put it on the sting I'm, again, I don't get along with anybody. Like I don't, I don't get along with intellectuals because I'm not quite smart enough. I don't get along with rednecks because I'm not quite rednecky enough. Yeah, yeah. You, you mow, you mow your, um, you mow your lawn and you find like a twenty or eighteenth century literature, but it's not first edition, so no one really wants you. I talked to a, I talked to a colleague once who's also a history teacher, and I was talking. I was like, I was jovially going on about like the English Civil War, and I'm talking about a book I was reading, and uh. He was like, ugh, you're like the most well-read man in the department. And I'm like, no, I've, that can't. I've been called well-read 
before too actually it was one of my favorite compliments ever was i had a um a humanities teacher once who uh, i think i was being made fun of though ah well i i she meant it as a compliment. She was telling me that I was very well read whenever I told her I was nervous about the final exam. But I know why she said that. It's because on like the first day of uh, class, she was telling everyone how difficult this class is going to be. And that she understands that a lot of you are probably here and you don't want to be. What she didn't know about me, though, is that I had been told that this was a very difficult world. It was like a world literature class, right? I was told that it was the like the hardest option and i probably wanted to take something else i'm like no no i'll do that one then you say it's hard i want to challenge myself it was actually a very easy class but i digress first day of class she was talking about that and she brought up um fuck what was what was it called candidates uh what's that famous one you're talking no, about you're talking about voltaire voltaire yeah voltaire's can can candidate 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 yeah however you say it so she brought up voltaire's um book and she's like well what would you, what would any of you do if we were at a formal party and i asked you uh, about voltaire's working candidate and i was able to like quote part of it to her because i had just finished reading that book actually huge yeah. coincidence but i had just read it and so i quoted part of it to her and she was like you know she recoiled in surprise and then we like chatted about it for like very very briefly but the rest of the class was lost is what we were talking about so yeah i don't get know. to yeah like i turned a woman off once like she wanted to date me and we had a conversation once because we were we were uh it was another job i worked we were work colleagues and uh we the conversation had strayed into ancient rome and i went into this story about romulus and remus and like the founding of rome and yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. like yeah and she one just one of them murders the other i forget who killed who though well the uh, thing romulus i like killed remus right yeah that's why it's called rome and not reem ah gotcha <laughs> ancient reem <laughs> ancient reem the remans yeah that's how you know uh, but there was this great line at the end after Romulus killed Remus, and he goes, "Thus goes to all who overtop my battlements," because they were, you know, like in an argument. And uh, uh, I just spoilers to anyone that didn't know that he killed his brother. <laughs> and I really like the story. And she's like, "Well, when you start talking about ancient Rome, that's when I walk away and like walk the fuck away." And I'm like, "I'm so lonely." <laughs> yeah. So, um, like. Ah. The, the woman in question in my story was like 80 so you know uh, when I get to the nursing home ages and you're busy like running off to build your log cabin I will I will be the I, I will be the creme de la creme of uh, the, the guy to date well the problem is it's such an eclectic it's like such an eclectic weird thing I think the stuff that we read like we're not, not you know I'm old we're not physicists all the old ladies. you know we're not historians we've just we're we're what's the word we're polymaths we're um uh what was it they called uh da vinci um he was a uh renaissance man yeah we're renaissance men you know jack of all yeah. trades master of none and nobody wants to hang around that dude yeah yeah we're, we're not we're not smart enough for the smarties and we're not um i don't know quick enough for the quickies i don't think i think we're not special. I, I, was I was trying to like uh, partially quote Scrooge McDuck there, but I forgot how his quote went. I think we're not specialized enough for the academics. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? His quote is, I'm smarter than the smarties and tougher than the toughies. Or I got here by being smarter than the smarties, tougher than the toughies. But that's like, I was trying to say we're almost there, but not quite. It's not whether we're not smart. Like I said, it's just that like we're not specialized enough. You know what I mean? Like, I could probably... It's, it's almost... because being specialized is boring. Once yeah. I got, once I understand something like 95, 99% well, I don't want to like put forth 20 years of in-depth study to get that last 5%, you know? I look at knowledge like a, like like the old Country Time Buffet. I'm just going to get exactly. in there and have a little bit of everything, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. Like but the other people... day I started studying how computers work, like the hardware. Yeah. As in, like, how data is saved onto, um, what do you call it, microchips? It was, I never knew. It's like, how the fuck is the data actually stored in the computer when you turn it off? How is it not all lost because all the electronics are depowered? How, how is it saved? And I looked it up, and it's actually fascinating. So now I know a little bit about that, but if you handed me, like, a sheet of metal and a... Uh, something to carve it with, and you're like, here, we'll make one. I'd be like, I don't fucking know how to do that. Yeah, all our knowledge is theoretical. Um, uh, we, we we get the gist of a whole lot of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's just, and yeah, like a friend of mine told me that they go, everything in your life up to this point has been written in sand. And I go, I know you're saying that in a derogatory way, but I actually kind of like that, and I think that's a good motto to live by. I have an Etch-a-Sketch brain. Shake me up and watch me forget it all. Pretty much, yeah, yeah, Etch-a-Sketch brain. Uh, well, at least uh, <laughs> fucking go, on, go from one thing to the next. Speaking uh, of Etch-a-Sketch brains, that's actually kind of how computers learn data. It's uh, it's stored in binary code, so ones and zeros, on um, microscopic magnetic plates. And the smaller they can get the magnetic plates, the, uh, the more data... Uh, a hard drive can hold and that's how technology's gotten better over time like and, how it reads it is getting more and more specialized and smaller and smaller and as we know they'll eventually get to a point in which that, they can't make the microprocessors uh, any smaller because they'll burn out so they'll have to move on to molecular 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 computers and that'll be a whole new thing yeah so um because they're all stored on magnetic plates and which way the plate is flipped is the one or the zero. Uh, if you run a magnet over it, it actually just flips all the plates and that's how you can corrupt and destroy data by running a magnet over a hard drive. Nice. So that's why that does, that's why that happens the way it does. Well, but speaking that of... only So magnets only destroy magnetic data storage. There's uh, several other types of data storage that that doesn't work on, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll move away from this. People aren't tuning in to those tech rakers. Well, speaking of uh, tech... I don't have a segue for this. Uh, uh, dear Amy, they write, I have an adult <laughs> <laughs> I have an adult son, a college-age son, and a teenage daughter. I've been divorced for 11 years. I'm finding that although my daughter still has three years of high school left, I'm worn out with parenting. Although it's not an option, I feel like I could just skip this stage completely. Let me go ahead and stop you right there. You can. <laughs> it's a fucking teenager. Yeah. Uh and they ask, what can so I do to... high school left, so they're like, what, 14, 15? Something like that. 14. What can I do to reignite my passion for parenting? It, it doesn't help that my daughter's going through a mouthy teenage stage that can be very difficult to deal with. Fuck it. You're in the end game. Yeah. All you have to do is survive at this point. Fuck them, dude. Like, three yeah, years like, of high school left? Shit. You, you teach them everything before they become an asshole, right? Like, after they're a teenager, at that point, you're just, like keep telling them not to do drugs and hope that they don't they probably will if you really try to enforce the point they're gonna definitely do it then so what you do is just let them keep living in your house try not to um take it personal when they say they hate you and that's it right Fuck like, it. just feed, feed them for another couple years and send them on their way send them off to live with their 96 year old grandma who gives a shit <laughs> send, send her to a high school seven hours away to live with grandma <laughs> i just like to imagine because look i teach teenagers they're very difficult i don't want to raise teenagers i can't imagine if i'd already had two other teenagers and then this app send them to live with their fucking brother i don't know fuck them like they're teenagers they'll figure it out i i, I was telling peter earlier because he was saying he didn't want to have kids i'm saying i personally really 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 want to have twins like i don't care i didn't know they're... that you wanted kids i didn't know you were uh, you were you were looking to start a little family 
Yes, absolutely. Oh God, if a, if a woman showed up right now, total fucking stranger, and she's like, "Hey, let's start a family. I can, I'll bear your children." I'd be like, "All right, I don't know Why you, did, but okay." That's weird. Let's we've, go known for it. we've known each other for years, and it never came up that like you're like, "I'd like to be a family man," and I'm like, "I'd rather get the fucking dick plague." <laughs> Well, like I was saying, I want twins because I want to um, dress them the same and tr teach them how to speak at the same time. So anytime a neighbor like comes to the door, I'll train them to answer the door and speak simultaneously to freak them the fuck out. Wait, It'll do be you, beautiful. Wait, do you actually want kids or is this another one of your harebrained Doc Brown schemes? You're like, Marty, I've got <laughs> twins and I've trained them to be creepy. <laughs> a little of column A, a little of column B. No, I really want kids. That's crazy. Yeah, no, I have. I like. Uh, I always tell everybody I teach. Uh, you know, I have. I have kids from eight thirty to three thirty. Uh, and why would I want to bring my work home with me? You know what I mean. <laughs> it would be like home, if, if you, you had your own kid. You'd be like, ugh, go back to work. Yeah, I don't need you here. If you worked at McDonald's, you know, people don't go. Have you ever thought about opening up a fast food restaurant in your own home? Ooh, no. Why? Why would I do have, that? Have you ever thought about taking the deep fryer home so you can have this smell around you all the time? Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, I just or like, like the Circle K. Have you ever thought about taking the big gulp lady home with you? She can just be there wanting the big gulp all the time. Yeah, the you work at it. You work at a gas station. Have you also thought about stocking cigarettes and lotto tickets in your living room? No, no, I haven't. That sounds terrible. Um, yeah, sounds fucking awful. I don't know, man. I also think that I would raise a serial killer, and here's why. We've talked about this before. You know how much time I spent as a kid in church, right? So I have. I have uh, Bible stuff embedded in my brain, and it will never go away. I can quote scripture to you. I can kind of give you the gist of most of the books of the Bible, right? Can you imagine yes. if every Sunday and Wednesday for several hours I was taken to like a physics class, and they were like, you're going to learn how to put a man on Mars? Yeah. My life would, would be, be so much different. And it wouldn't matter. Imagine if you could quote, like, protein strings and um, the composition of atoms and whatever to people yeah. at the drop of a dime. And, and the thing is, it wasn't like I was interested in church or trying to learn this stuff. It's just if you put somebody in a situation when their mind is young and malleable for long enough, they will it will be in their brain. So <laughs> fucking imagine what, what great things I could do for humanity if I had gone to, uh, you know, um, science instead of church. That's all I'm saying. It would have been amazing. So, uh, uh, fun surprise, uh, by the way. Uh, so you hear about the big earthquake they had in California? I did, and then like a follow-up tremor a day later, two days later? A bunch of them. So, speaking of earthquakes, did you know that there is a nasty surprise hiding in the ruins of Pompeii? No. Mm-hmm. Wait, remember, yes, actually. But remember Pom Pompeii, the famous, uh, the famous volcano in Italy that exploded and like just destroyed an entire Roman town, and then the archaeologists were able to find everything perfectly preserved later. Well, Pompeii's at it again. Oh, good. Are they gonna chisel the shadows off the walls to preserve them elsewhere, or are they just gonna let even the shadows of what was left before be taken? Mm, you may not want to take a chisel to Pompeii because at least ten unexploded bombs dropped by the Allies during World War II are believed to be near the ruins, uh, according to oh, archaeologists. God, what? Really? Ninety-six were found and deactivated. The other bombs uh, are in a site that hasn't been excavated. Many of them were diffused or had already exploded, but at least ten of those explosives are still there. Uh, speaking of drop bombs, isn't there a nuke in um, South Carolina just lost somewhere? Uh, there's actually one off the coast of Tybee Island, Georgia, that was dropped and they never found it. 
Wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, uh, it's... it adds like a new layer of excitement to um, fuck. What are those things called that you use to find shit with? Oh, metal detector. Metal detectors. Yeah, God, my brain's not working today. I mean, it could be like it could be like out. You know, it could have been taken out into the ocean by now. I don't know if over time though, if nuclear bombs will actually explode. But I know that regular explosives are highly dangerous. Like, there's a ship sunk, I think, in the Thames in England that's pretty close that would, like, blow up a big part of London, and it's so dangerous they can't even go in there and get shit out. Really? Yeah, it's like a, huh. it's just a ship that sank full of explosives from World War II, and they're like, yeah, it's just sitting there getting more dangerous. Cool. Right? Damn. I mean, I know that over time, like, all the fail-safes in um, nukes, like, slowly disarm and flip off one at a time. And those wear out faster than the bomb does. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's um, it's going to be a bit like um, Schrodinger's uh, end of the world. <laughs> well, there was a bomb that was dropped, in, or a plane that crashed in North Carolina during the Cold War. Uh, it didn't go off, but as they found it, uh, they realized that five out of six nuclear uh, safety switches had gotten flipped to the blow-up position before it landed, or when it landed oh, in the crash. And they were like... Well, that was a close call. Woo! <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was. Whoopsie daisy. <laughs> that one's fucking... Oh, wow, that would have... Because you got to imagine, if a nuke gets dropped anywhere in the United States in the Cold War, we immediately start firing at Russia. Yeah, yeah. That's one thing I'm, wor- I'm worried about. Like, um, we have, like, shit in place that automatically launches nukes at the source of nukes when they go off. What if, like, the Tybee Island goes off, but the source of them is also America, so then we double nuke ourselves. <laughs> I don't think it works. Like, I, it- I, it- I don't think it works on, like, Looney Tunes. Uh, <laughs> it's, not like, it's, it's not like Bugs Bunny bending Elmer Fudd's gun back on him, so he's like, I'm going to shoot you, Wabbit, bam, and shoots himself, you know. <laughs> Wabbit season! Yeah. No, so I think that's a, that's a little bit... And we're not at the height of the Cold War anymore, so hopefully, you know, if the Tybee Island nuclear bomb went off, we wouldn't be like, it's the Russians! We'd be like, oh yeah, I've been waiting on that. Yay! Yeah! <laughs> um, <laughs> speaking of nukes, uh, have you heard the latest news out of Iran? Uh, yes, yes, I have, actually. And that's uh, new as of today. They're um, they are no longer going with the whole deal that the rest of the world made, which and so they have begun to uh, enrich uranium. So they are getting ready to have nukes within the year. They deny it, but I mean the rest of the world has like inspectors and shit. So they're saying no, no, they're doing it. Here's the thing: I don't I don't agree with a lot of what Iran does. Uh, but America don't... keeps poking the hornet's nest, and just like well, um, so just like that... children with a brick, eventually the wasps all fly out. You got to remember that there's a lot of war hawks in the current administration that really want war with Iran for some reason. Um, I don't want yeah. I don't want Iran to have nukes, but the reason that they're pushing so hard for nukes is once you have a nuclear weapon. Um, the world regime, respects you a bit more. The world respects you, and regime change becomes impossible. That's why we've never invaded North Korea. Uh, that's why any of these other nuclear-armed countries, we kind of have to deal with them on a more level playing field, because now invading and regime change is off the table. All right. But the deal's already been busted up, so I don't know why people are like, they're breaking the deal. The, well, the, the deal with America's been busted up. They still had to deal with the rest of the world. Ah, uh, yeah, well... So they're, and I like how they go, we're only enriching it for medical uh, stuff. Yeah, medical but, stuff. Yeah, all the um, types of um, non-cancerous flesh they can cure with uh, uranium. Well, here's the but, thing uh, about, here's the thing the, about the making thing, a nuclear bomb. Is, though, is like, it harder than I think it is to make one? Because I think no, that you and I... it's way easier. Because I think you and I could make one, so I don't know why. These countries have the internet, right? Yeah, yeah, and 
the information on how to make a nuke has been public for a long time. It just it takes a long time to set up all the facilities required to do this, and then a while to really get it started. Maybe I have an inflated sense of ego, but I think that we have the instructions online, because there was a famous court case about whether someone could publish that information or not. They right. lost. It's published. And I think that I could probably go just buy the stuff from somewhere in Russia for pretty cheap, right? Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but it seems that Russia had a pretty loose hold over a lot of their nuclear material. And um, whenever they take you to court over uh, trying to make your own nukes, just be like, well, look, if you criminalize nuclear weapons, then only criminals will have nuclear weapons. So you got to give me nukes because the only thing that can stop a bad guy with a nuke is a good guy with a nuke, okay? Well, then maybe Nukes if I... Nukes don't kill people. People give kill people. Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. <laughs> All the greatest hits. <laughs> <laughs> maybe if I got a nuclear weapon, people would finally respect me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you'll, I... be, you'll have your own sovereign nation of Pretoria. I would definitely be known as work as the, uh, now the guy with the nuclear weapon. <laughs> uh, whenever she's all like, oh, whenever you start talking about, um... What, what was it? Um, Rome. Ancient Rome. 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 Yeah, when we start talking about ancient Rome, I walk away, and you can be like, yeah, well, whenever I launch my nukes at your house, you'll um, be blown right back to me, won't you? I'm just imagining oh, me, me walking around with just a glowing green backpack, and anytime someone <laughs> says something I don't like, I just pat the backpack and go, soon, my pet, soon we will feed you the world. <laughs> your back, which grows larger and larger as the tumor increases in size. There was a really cool story of a guy, and I think it was in Russia, that tried to steal a part of a plutonium rod. <laughs> and he put it under his shirt, and I guess oh, while, no. he was, while he was doing his, like, you know, dip, dive, duck, and dodge to get out of whatever, and the plutonium rod just slowly burned through his fucking stomach and killed him. Yeah. Yeah, that's why you don't want to um, stick that fucking isotopes right against your skin well at the very least you want to do it like a relay race right where you just run with it in your hand and you pass it off <laughs> yeah yeah like pass it off to potato. the potato yeah you pass it off to the next guy before your teeth and hair fall out yeah hot potato, hot potato, hot potato. oh yeah 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 you a relay wanna... race with a plutonium rod <laughs> hey man that would be i guarantee you that would be the fastest you'd see some world breaking speeds on that because no one wants to hold it more than five seconds yeah or just everything falls off Ah, it was it was Shit. kind of a weird like, was it the Steinbeck story or there's a famous story like called like the Black Pearl where like there was a, a guy found a really worthwhile pearl and the whole village became jealous and it ruined his life. I guess it was kind of like that except it just ruined one life and I don't a, know. Also, how are you gonna sell that? You're just gonna walk into <laughs> like, you put on Craigslist. You know, you're gonna go into a pawn shop and be like, hey. You want this plutonium? <laughs> Today on Pawn Stars. Yeah, yeah it's um, enriched plutonium. It's uh, let me, really, let me... it, it got rid of all my cavities and teeth and gums and eyes. Where are you? I can't see. <laughs> let me get my, uh, I'm going to have to call my guy in here. You okay for that? <laughs> we, gotta, we, have I, a, we have an expert on, uh, I got on a, radiation. I got a plutonium guy. <laughs> oh, Pawn Stars. I love that show because a lot of times people will bring in like clearly like bullshit stuff and he still brings in the expert like there was a guy that was like ah, I have the wanted poster for John Wilkes Booth and you <laughs> you look at this poster and you go there's no fucking way this is from like 1865 there's the then, printed Hollywood stamp on it and then they were like yeah this is definitely not the original and it's definitely like a, a fourth generation reprint the guy's like what and he's like dude look at it does it look like it's from 1865 it looks younger than my grandmother and she's from like 1932 
I have the gun here that shot Alexander Hamilton. What is it worth? Yeah, there's a lot of that, too, where it's like, that gun is clearly not that old. Or, well, that's why I love Antiques Roadshow, because Pawn Stars is stupid and it's fake. Antiques, Antiques Roadshow is cosmic justice in action. Yeah. Because people will bring in dumb bullshit to Antiques Roadshow, and they'll just be like, this is worth nothing. And then, like, a sweet old lady so, will be like, I brought in a handkerchief that my husband used to have. And they're like, that's worth $3 billion. <laughs> oh, oh, goody, so, I'll buy a new coffee maker. <laughs> so so what's this worth here? Uh, let's see here. This is a uh, 1983 What's Happening plate. It's worth about $2. Oh, okay, I'll take it. What? I'll take the two dollars. No, you. We're only appraising it. We don't. We don't buy it from you. Oh. It's. It really is. It's that show should just be called the Sword in the Stone because you get <laughs> in that show you get what you deserve and you deserve what you get. It's my favorite. Like, because it's always the people that aren't pretentious and they're not schemers and scammers. They're just like, yeah, you know, we just kind of like to maybe put some money aside for our kids to go to college and maybe open an orphanage and. You know, my uh, my dad had a spoon collection, and they're like, this spoon collection is from the Byzantine Empire. It's worth $300 million. And they're like, oh, good. And like, yeah, like it's always like that. I love it. Yeah. With, um, I want to write my own Sword in the Stone story where like a giant brute shows up, and he can't pull the sword from the stone, but he can just like lift the stone up with the sword. Yeah. And then he just has a giant mace, and he just walks around clubbing people with it and saying, I am king now! Smash! Any, anybody ever think about just chiseling around the stone? You know, maybe just, <laughs> maybe just taking a hammer to the stone itself? Yeah, like, that's what I'd do. I am Arthur now! <laughs> I'm Arthur, Arthur fucking... the hammer! I'm Arthur Pimdragon, whether you like it or not, bitches! Arthur, the Hammersmith son. But yeah, that that's uh, that that show should just be called Sword from the Stone. Uh, speaking of being the guy who drew the sword from the stone, going back to a thing you were talking about way earlier, uh, the fascinating thing about Pete, which I don't think our listeners are aware of yet, is that anytime anyone has a story about anything, Peter has a story that's like ten times better. No, but I'm he's not trying not, to be a. I'm not trying to not, be a he's topper. Not tr- he's not trying to be a topper. He just has it because he's lived a very fascinating life, and so just talking about himself casually, he becomes a topper. Whether makes, he means to or not. That makes me feel bad. I don't want to be a story you, topper. I just want to tell a relatable story. But it's so amazing because you've lived such a fascinating life. You've worked 87 jobs in the last year alone. <laughs> and you've lived everywhere. And you've, like, including, like, deep in the woods, a crazy hobo eating berries and giving people the stink eye. Well, like, and there's a guy at work. a foghorn to summon a boat across a misty lake once. There's a guy I work with that's just That like... happened. I'm not making that up. It sounds crazy. He did it. No, the oh, boat for... guy didn't come, right? No, yeah, he did. He was really angry. Because <laughs> he blew it twice, right? Yeah, no, you're, you're warned about that. Why was well, we, were, you, we were hiking, and there's a place you can stop on a lake, and you blow an air horn, and he comes and picks you up in the boat and takes you to the hostel. But God forbid if you blow it twice, because then he gets upset. <laughs> but the point is, I'm not trying to top people. There's a guy at work that's like, ah, you fucking... Yeah, Griffin, oh, uh, Peter, uh, story topper. And I'm like, uh... And I, I got mad at him this year, and I almost said, it's not my fault that you've lived your life in such a boring, tapioca... I almost said boring, tapioca, worthless, meaningless way that all my stories sound exciting by comparison. Uh, but then I was like, don't be a dick, but I really just wanted to get like, back to the earth with you, you worm! You've done nothing of substance in your 40 years on this terrestrial sphere! You're worthless! Be gone from my sight! 
That's wonderful. Just say it like that, then. It's so over the top that he couldn't possibly be mad. Yet exactly. The then I would be. The truth. Then I would be topping him by. In, I would be topping his insult with a better insult. Yes. Just go for it. Fuck them if they can't keep up. Don't don't pamper them like they're Jogamesh. People have to grow up eventually. <laughs> no, it's just if uh, if 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 in every situation, giving a list of options, I always pick the one I think would make the best story later. <laughs> Most of the time, so I'm like that seems interesting. Most of the time, most of the time. Yeah, well, like it's like you don't realize this until like that. I I took my reality as the base reality. I thought this is how people normally live. It is not. Most people work a job until they get their forever career, and then they never leave it. Yeah, yeah. Like um, when you were at Walmart, you were the only person who said, "I'm not working here forever," and meant it. Everyone else, they said it, but they didn't mean it. They're still there. Al's still working at the Circle K. Uh, if you guys don't know, because we're we're running out of time, but we will give you. Uh, there's a great, there's a great story when uh, uh, Patrick worked at a Circle K. There was this really old guy named Al. I don't think Al had a last name. I think he was just Al. When you were there, he had been working for the Circle K for what? I'd say twenty years. Uh, forever, twenty, thirty years. He smoked uh, two cigarettes a day because he said that he couldn't quit, but. Or he wanted to quit, and then he referred to this as quitting. But he's like, "Well, but I still just gotta have a, a little bit in the morning and at night." And so Al worked there forever. Al was a Al was either an android or working a menial job forever. Had just scooped out his humanity, like Al was just a stoic gas station clerk with a mustache. Uh, Pat worked with him for a while, and then years later, I went to a different Circle K, and who was behind the counter? But Al. Yep, yep. Because I don't the Circle be... K I worked at was torn down to put up a um a road, a highway. Yeah, a highway extension, yeah. But the thing is, I don't want to be Al. Yeah, yeah, God, that's... I would just be homeless doing heroin before that. Al is, Al is uh, terrifying to me that just like... That yeah, you know, you, yeah, you could get a minimum wage job and then just work there forever. Yeah, yeah. And that's um that is a good reason not to have kids because as long as you don't have kids, you can take a risk and just leave it all behind and go elsewhere. But if well, you have a family you have to take care of, well it's like fuck it, you live for them now. You have to keep the steady stream of currency coming in. You can't take any risks. Well, you don't have to take care of them. You can leave <laughs> them. It's done all the time. It's just frowned upon in certain circles. You uh, absolutely you absolutely can't abandon your family and be like, "Fuck you guys and the Circle K." I'm out. <laughs> like deuces figure it out along the way but yeah most most people like they've worked a very few jobs and they've settled into a career when i when i quit the fire department i went to my captain and i go hey cap uh listen i'm getting ready to quit uh so what's the process like and he goes you know what i don't know i've never seen anybody quit before yeah, Peter had this amazing, perfect job and decided just to take off. Because all he did for a living was just sit around and prank other people all day. I mean, it wasn't. It was a, the fire department. It's it's got its ups and downs, but it's station five. You were there for uh, no, I was, hours at a time. I was not at station five. Really? Station no, station five was like the 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 action station. The like. No, no, I was I was way up in the teens. I was out there in the middle of nowhere in a trailer I, waiting for stuff to be built then burned I, down. I remember that because uh, I remember you just saying that like nothing ever happened, so you just like sat around half asleep with a pudding on your stomach and uh, injecting what was it cornstarch into biscuits? I don't remember hot sauce into biscuits. Yeah, no, I got so I was just a, playing I, pranks all the time. It was fun. I moved around to a couple of different stations, but my my main point was like. Fire department was was uh, was fun while I was in college, but then I just got to an age where I was like, 
it, it's uh, just it, it's his college job people he was a firefighter is his college job most people are working like mcdonald's for their college job or being a stripper well i realized that for a while i was working at uh i was working at walmart uh when i kind of begun my college career and i went i just remember i had this weird poetic thought when i'm walking around walmart and i go this job is stealing my youth um so i started yeah. like I started just kind of uh, work. I, I was I was taking risks at Walmart you shouldn't take. Like I was on the way way up, like standing on like the top shelves, like wrestling patio sets and stuff with no safety. Uh, when I had to do something with a ladder instead of getting down and moving it, I would just jump the ladder sideways until I got where I was going. A lot of people do that. But I uh, just professionally, did I, whenever they don't, whenever they don't work I, with I just, insurance or uh, with I, I just did it. I just I just did it because I needed I needed some risks. I needed a job that. Didn't feel like someone putting a pillow full of ether over my face. <laughs> and uh, what else? Um, it always fascinates me that nowadays, while you're like up in front of a cl- classroom of high schoolers teaching them, that uh, just a few years before that, you were tunneling under parking lots because you were bored at a valet job. Yeah, well, I didn't finish that tunnel. I just started taking bricks out of a place that, yeah, I forgot he all about that. digging a tunnel <laughs> under a parking lot. That, he did I that because he was bored. That's so amazing. It was That's a astonishing. Boring, it was a boring job, but yeah. So that I didn't realize. That would be fascinating to anyone except for you, who's like, yeah, well, I did it. That was my summer job. I built a tunnel before I, I went did... off to be a lifeguard and fight someone under a bridge. Oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> we'll have to do a whole side episode where it's just like there's a our... there's a video out there of Peter fighting someone, then tripping over a brick, and then grabbing the guy by the balls. It's amazing. Well, I don't think it's online anymore, but yeah, I forgot. I, I forgot I that. I've uh, find it lately, but yeah, I, th- I think they took it down. But uh, yeah, Aww. I was a lifeguard and got fired for fighting another lifeguard. Um, you weren't fired for that, were you? Yeah. <laughs> well, I got fired previously because I tried to start the fight at the beach. I showed up. <laughs> I showed up and tried to fight him, and we got broke up. Ah, oh, that's too bad. Yeah. Anyway, point being, I didn't realize this was not everybody's base reality. Uh, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know. I thought everyone just fought lifeguards. <laughs> Apparently other people are a lot tamer than I am. Is, is he going to fight the typhus? I blame my parents for raising me in a southern Georgia town where, like, nothing ever happens. Yeah, yeah, they, they raised you on the, the wasp farm up north. Also, I, uh, I, I blame uh, all the Chuck Norris movies I watched growing up. Yeah. I thought uh, life Peter, would be... Peter's base reality is Chuck Norris. I thought life would be full of a lot more spin kicks and, like, you know, Vietnam prison camps. <laughs> well, for you it was. Yeah. Uh, well, you got anything else in your notes, Pat? I haven't touched on anything in my notes yet. It's going to be a two-hour podcast. Uh, let's see. It is right now 54 minutes? Something like that. Because we talked a bit before we started recording. Okay, um, let's... God, let's just go down it. Let's not cover the July 4th thing other than to say, yeah, that's definitely America going full authoritarian dictatorship with uh, the tank parades for the um, the, the draft dodger. Who, ne- never mind. Let's not get into that. Yeah, yeah. we have. Um, what else? Sanctions are losing their bites. So um, Trump keeps using tariffs and sanctions to try and get his way, right? Well, here's the thing. If you're going to use a carrot and a stick... You have to have a carrot and a stick. You have there has to be a choice. You can't if you're gonna just use the stick, then the person or whoever you're using the stick on is gonna move further away because there's no there's no easier alternative. The the thing should be 
you do this, which and there'll be a nice juicy carrot for you, or you do the other thing, and there'll be a fucking nice hard stick in your face. Uh, and so if you're just like, I'm just going to hit you with the stick and not give you another option, of course people aren't going to comply. He's a bit like Cartman when he went to the Amazon. It's a bad snake! And he just starts beating it with the stick, and then he goes, yeah, when it starts to bite him. Uh, but at this point, he's used... Um, tariffs and sanctions so much so unilaterally across the board that the other countries are all starting to make new trading partners with one another and largely just cutting the U.S. out. So the yeah. sanctions and tariffs alike are both losing their bite and becoming significantly less impactful to other nations. So long term, this is going to cripple the United States economy when we all try to uh, play ball with the rest of the world again and they tell us to fuck ourselves. Well, this is it's why like I keep when saying you... we desperately need to remove this tumor from office Well, it's like when you It's like when you meet a girl and you got damage. some real good bedroom moves, but then you just kind of use those moves up and then they don't work as well anymore. I'm not sure if that's how it works. I think it is. <laughs> I think if you're like, yeah, this is the, this is my this is my bedroom move that does it. I, over time, it loses effectiveness. I mean, yeah, if it's the same one. Hmm. Yeah, that's pretty much Maybe. it. Imagine that we're the United States is sleeping with other countries, and this is our bedroom move as tariffs and sanctions, and eventually it fails to, you know, bring other countries to orgasm. <laughs> but like a negative version of an orgasm, because he wants them to. I'm not sure what he what his goal is though. He's just like, I mean, I know in real life what's going on is he just wants to be able to do something, and sanctions is something he could just well, do. Well, I think here's the other problem is, and I talked about this before. It's not accomplishing anything. It can't. We we focus too much on him, which is what they want you to do. There's a really great documentary. I think it's on Netflix uh, by uh, Noam Chomsky, which is really interesting. But basically, the whole point is uh, he's a lightning rod. Uh, his whole deal is to draw your attention and divide, and his whole thing is to keep us divided while our corporate overlords continue to fucking loot our pockets. You know what I mean? Like, that's all it's about. If the biggest. Uh, I'm, that's definitely not being Sorry, set up deliberately. Ah, uh, yeah, well, we're, the, the, Skype is choosing now to lag like crazy. But I was going to say, it's definitely not happening deliberately, but it's what's happening. Like, he creates well, a distraction so people yeah. can keep smashing and grabbing. Exactly, yeah. So all these corporate, all these corporate, uh, all these corporate entities are, are absolutely like, oh man, the, the facts and figures of how concentrated wealth and power is in the United States by the, by the corporate entities is, it blows your fucking mind. I mean, hell, like we said, Bezos, one man has $159 billion dollars. Uh, meanwhile, Pat's net worth is probably a half-eaten snack cake and, uh, you know, his 2006 Toyota, you know? Yeah, yeah, like, that's, um, that's on a good day. On a bad day, I finished the snack cake. Yeah. It's like, how oh, is... I really missed that snack cake. Yeah, how is that, how is that wealth and equality anyway good for a country, you know? Yeah, not at all. Oh, and, um... And meanwhile, Trump is saying stuff like George Washington was a fighter pilot in the Revolutionary War, so everyone's all like, "Ah, oh, isn't he a moron? Let's make and memes." So, yeah, it's like, and no, exactly. don't don't turn him into a jovial jokester. It's like, look, he says stupid, stupid shit because he is a stupid shit. This is not a one-off gaffe. He does this shit constantly. Right. But sometimes, even, don't even. The thing is, don't even waste your energy on that. You should waste your energy on burning down a Chase Bank location or, uh, you <laughs> know, the trying. Rich. Yeah, or trying to steal some of Jeff Bezos' money. Uh, I guess we have to put a disclaimer. Don't actually burn down a Chase Bank location. Uh, this is the point is, like, it, yeah, we're so... Um, and the if thing you've ever seen the Beagle Boys, maybe, like, that should be a good hobby for people. And um, that... Jeff Bezos' fortune is the money, ba money bin. 
the thing that Jeff uh, that uh, Noam Chomsky brings up, which is which is really fascinating, is that like. Uh, you know the um, we're so angry, but our anger it, we're not organized. Our anger is directionless. So what happens in fighting? You have you know the the left fighting the right. You know the left cannibalizing itself, the right cannibalizing itself. But nobody's actually focused that anger on like we need to rebuild unions. We need to you know uh, work on the wealth and equality in the country and like you know greatly reduce the rights of like corporate entities we're not doing any of that we're just like Trump said something stupid what a racist and then I'm going to argue with my aunt online alright but I do have some good news though and that's my uh, that's cute news is that the Ooh. chickens are finally going to come home to roost soon and we'll all be eating our uh, boots within a few months what's so, happening now uh, optimistic economists foresee a major worldwide recession by next year, while uh, most economists believe uh, quarter four of 2019 will see a worldwide recession. And that's, Absolutely. The thing is, is that this the bubble bursting, or this is the bubble bursting that we've been waiting on. But it yeah. taking so long is not because it's gotten better, but because it's had more time to blow it up to a global scale and get much, much worse. Yeah. Uh, like they realize. Uh, Corporate entities have realized that the good times aren't ending suddenly with uh, Trump's removal from office, so they've gotten crazier and crazier and crazier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're doing all this in a completely unsustainable way, and it will never just even itself out whenever we have a smooth transition of power to a real president. It's uh, it's just going to blow up, and it's not going to wait for Trump to leave office. If he leaves office in um, you know 2021 on January whatever it is 10. Or 17, what, whenever the day is that they tran whenever one president swapped out for another. It's not going to wait till then. It's going to blow up before then because this shit ain't sustainable one way or the other. Well, I do have and, some good news yeah. for you to offset this. What's that? So, climate change. What can we do about it? What can we possibly do about it? Die. Nope. They've done a study. I believe it comes out of uh, the Netherlands or somewhere. They did a study... If we, as a planet, can yes. plant three trillion trees, we can offset our carbon emissions of the entire world and greatly reduce, if not neutralize, the impact of climate change right now. That's kind of been my thought on it for a while. They, Is, they, um, if trees absorb CO2, then why don't we just plant a fuckload more trees? Um, trees also absorb a ton more CO2 when they're young. Yeah. We have the space. Uh, it yeah. wouldn't interfere with. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. It, the thing is, it wouldn't. It wouldn't interfere with already traditionally like mapped out areas for like farmland land and food production and stuff. Yeah. We have the space. We could do it. So anybody listening to this, man, let's get on it. Let's let's start this three trillion trees strong and start planting some trees as soon as we can. Let's do it. Let's do it. And. Um... Let's uh, donate all of Jeff Bezos' money to this, and we could get it taken care of lickety-split. Yeah, absolutely. That's the other thing. This fucking asshole. What, there's an interview, like, what could he do with his money? And he's like, go to space. And I go, how about you fucking fix the planet you're on, you ball-headed, snake-looking bastard? Yep. How could someone have so much money and still look so ugly? Because uh, he pays people to tell him he's beautiful? I guess. I don't know. Anyway... Uh, yeah, I feel like that's our podcast for today. Uh, I had one other thing. Okay, one other, it's one just, other it's thing. Just, it's just uh, the Supreme Court uh, decided to throw out the um, the super racist citizenship question. 
and um, we I think we've talked about that before. But the funny part is, or the rest of the story is, is that Trump had a legal team pushing really, really hard to make sure that that question get asked. And mm -hmm. so whenever it was thrown out by the SCOTUS, he got pissed and fired everybody on that legal team. Well, the whole point about the citizenship question, the reason it's just unnecessary, is because you want to count how many people. It doesn't matter what kind of people they are. You can figure that out later. But what it does, though, if you have an undercount, it, it fucks up, you know, fucks up allocation of resources and all this other stuff. It's just it's just dumb. Um, but, yeah, the, at least so the Supreme Court kind of failed us on gerrymandering, but at least they, you know, they're like a broken that... clock. They're right twice a day, I guess. Maybe, but I really wish we had a functioning Supreme Court, which we would if the person who won the presidency was the president, but alas, we're now a three Russian puppet state. Three trillion, three trillion trees. Three trillion trees, Pat. Maybe. I don't know. Skype's cutting me out again. Let's let's just wrap it up so that we can all sit around and feel miserable. But the world's going Alright, guys. Well. Remember, get out there. Plant them trees. Plant them trees! Plant them trees! Plant them trees! Oh, That's actually a maybe, really good political stance. Maybe we could build a bunch of trees along the wall, along the border. Oh, you're right. Build them trees! Build them tall! <laughs> the, the trees just got ten feet taller. Okay, folks? You know, every year in the presidency, trees. the, the trees, trees I built have all, have all grown taller. Okay? Yeah, absolutely. So, let's change build that wall to, like, plant those trees. Plant those trees.